Welcome to Group Talk. Four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Leadership Journey with Bill Search. Well, it's Bill Search, and I'm back with the uh, Leadership Journey, and I have one of my friends on the podcast today. In fact, uh, someone who has been uh, a guide to me on my leadership journey, my friend Steve Sonderman. Steve, say hello. Hey, Bill. It is great to be with you today. Really looking forward to it. So Steve resides up in the great northern city, suburbs at least, of Milwaukee. And he has served valiantly a church for many, many years called Elmbrook up there. But during that time, wait, what, back in the 1990s, you had a real particular call to ministry to men. Am I right about that? Do I have the time yeah, frame about was right? Yeah, it was 90s. And I, was, uh, I had been uh, the college-age pastor for about seven years. And that's actually how I got to know uh, your, your wife and her family. And, um, and so I had done, co- I had done high school ministry for about six years before that college age for seven. So I went to our senior pastor, Stuart Briscoe, and I said, Stuart, I am sick of bus trips, pizza parties, and I'm just sick of youth ministry. I said, there's gotta be something else that I could do around this place. And, uh, I said, here's my thoughts. I said, I could do prayer ministry. I could do evangelism ministry. I could do assimilation ministry. I could do missions ministry. I said, just pick any of those and let me go. And he came back about a month later and he said, we want you to do men's ministry. And I said, Stuart, that's not on the list. I said, that's not prayer missions evangelism. Uh, I, I, said, I said, what do you do with men? I said, I've never worked with a man in my life. He said, you just do the very same thing you do with the college kids. Just try to act a little bit more mature. Well, I love it. And, and so that was it. That was the calling right there. And uh, I did not know that story. That's amazing. I yeah. thought you went to him on that. That is, you know, yeah. anybody who had the privilege of ministering with Stuart knew that's kind of what Stuart's MO. He, You might come to him with a grand idea, and he'd come right. back at you with a new grand idea. Exactly. And, uh, and he always had that smile about it, so you kind of felt obliged, right? Right. Oh, that's yeah. that's, that's incredible. Sure. Well, and you mentioned something here, so anyone listening to the podcast goes, wait, Steve knows Bill's wife. Um, just for listeners, this is where Steve intersected with my life. This man you're listening to here has been a hero of mine for many years in the church work, but, but, uh, Steve was also the guy who discipled my father-in-law, which transformed my in-laws marriage. It went from being a very, uh, difficult marriage to actually one that when I entered the picture dating their daughter, I would have never guessed they had marital issues. And they were pretty open about the fact that that was then, but mm-hmm. but through the power of Christ living inside, particularly Rob, uh, and that was a, a real incredible impact on my, my in-laws, but on my wife too, of course. So then Steve later did our premarital counseling, officiated our wedding, Okay, that people didn't tune in to hear our backstory, but at least they now know. I, I find it personally fascinating. I don't know if anyone else will. All right, um, before we get too far down the path, and I ask you actual questions um, with within this, uh, you know, some people uh, develop a little, you know, segment of ministry, but then you peel back the curtain of them and you go, they're not that great people. 
But I, you, have, one of the things I love about you, Steve, is you have some real integrity behind this um, stuff. In other words, if I'm going to try to learn about how to do men's ministry, I want to know, does that guy, is his life um, honoring in, in, in honoring to God? And how long, you and Colleen have been together, how long? Yeah, we are, we are going to celebrate um, 38 years uh, this November, November 12th. 38 years. And the last time I saw you together, she was still smiling. So it seems like it's going okay. We're empty nesters. Uh, we we love our kids, uh, but we're glad they're gone. And it's uh, there's nothing like it. Uh, we also have uh, three grandkids. Uh, all three grandkids are down in Nashville with our daughter down there and her husband. Uh, and then we have another one expecting uh, this late fall. So love awesome. number four. And so. your four kids, they have all. I mean, I I marvel at they all are successful. I mean. You know, I, I, there's something you could write a book on parenting. You and Colleen could do some parenting stuff too. Cause yeah. most people with young kids, my kids are just starting to come into my eldest is just coming into her career as a nurse. Mm-hmm. And my middle is towards the end of her college journey. And I still have a high schooler. So I still am holding my breath and praying yeah. a lot. Right. Right. But, well, you know, we are too, you know, you're, you're never really done, but I'll, I'll tell you, Bill, one of the funnest things and I guess points of satisfaction is to see your kids sort of find their niche and, uh, and find out, understand how they were made, what their strengths are, what the way, sort of the way God made them and yeah. the, the interests, the passions they have, and then to go after it and say, I want to be true to who God made me to be and what he called me to do. And that, that has been rewarding. That's been fun to see each one take a different path, different journey, um, and in different places in their spiritual, you know, uh, maturity right now. But, uh, but that is fun to see them. And that's true. You never really get done. No. Praying for your kids, thinking of your kids. All right. Well, well, I want to pick your brain about an area of expertise that you've carved Mm -hmm. out. And this Mm -hmm. is in ministry to men. And I'm not just being complimentary because you're my friend, but when I think of ministry to men nationwide, no other name in my mind comes up, but yours, you've done so much work in this area going back to the early mid nineties, even though I, it it was done initially reluctantly, you've grabbed this and God's done something really in you and through you. So, uh, just first question is what drives your passion for ministry to, and I could say even your passion with ministry to men. I mean, what, what drives that? Yeah, you know what, Bill, after after that initial conversation with Stuart, when I said, really, um, what I did is, and, and where it all started is, I because I at that time I had no interest, no passion, no knowledge of ministry to men at all. And, and so I literally, um, there's a little business district here in Brookfield, uh, Brookfield Lakes. I went over there, parked the car, and I started walking around. And I walked among all these businesses, and I said, God, you have to give me a passion for this. And it, it was almost like Nehemiah walking around the walls of Jerusalem that were that were torn down and the people were defenseless and they were discouraged. And and then I drove downtown and I went into the Milwaukee marketplace and I walked around there and I said, God, give me a vision. Give me a vision for what you want to do and give me a passion for, for reaching men. And then I started reading about men and just starting to see the statistics of where men were at and the things they were struggling with. And then I began to meet with men. I probably met with about 
75 guys individually. And I just met them for coffee, for lunch, for breakfast. And I just said, tell me, what are your struggles? What are your joys? What? How can we best minister to you? What is what is ministry look like to your neighbor, um, to the guys at your work? And, and I just, I literally spent probably three to six months just seeking God and saying, God, just you have to put something within me because there's nothing there right now. And and God answered that prayer. He really did. And he and he just gave me this 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 passion, this vision for for what could be and, and what God wants to do in the in the heart of a in the life of a man. And uh and so that was how it got started. But I've I've kept it alive by just being in the word and just humble, going before God and saying, God, just keep on opening my eyes, open, give me a vision for what you want to do. And it's 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 an ongoing thing. I don't take it for granted. I don't want to become apathetic. I don't want to just it's it's sort of like like Caleb, you know, at the end of Joshua, give me that mountain. I mean, I'm I'm in my sixties now, and I, I can tell you the fire I have now is just as strong as the fire. 30 years ago when I first got into ministry to men. And so it's an ongoing process, but it's a process that I, I don't want to take for granted. And I want to just keep, keep, um, keep that fire going and keep feeding that fire. I love how you, you framed it around starting out God, you know, fire me up for this. Yeah. You know, that sometimes in ministry, we get handed things. Anybody who's served in church yeah. any length of time, they came in and they first started out as a greeter and the next thing they're leading a class or leading a group or something. And they go, I didn't sign up for that. I was just supposed to hand out bulletins. <laughs> and sometimes we have to back up and go, okay, God, make me want to do this. Like stir in me. He had definitely answered that. Prayer. That's a, uh, yeah. that's a, uh, that's pretty neat. Well, how could a church, you know, I, when I think of churches and I uh, visit churches, you visit churches and you, you mm-hmm. whether it's a, program, a bulletin, whatever they call the thing. And it'll, most of them will have something for men. They'll have a, uh, usually they'll have seven things for women and one thing for men. And a lot of times it's a, like a men's breakfast or it's a barbecue night, or it's a, something to do with hunting or car shows or something like that. How could a church more deeply engage in men spiritually, not just recreationally, but, but right. spiritually, how could they be more intentional with all that? Yeah, I, I think there's some things they can prat that anyone can do, and it really I, I think it comes down to like a lot of things building that culture. We're we're talking about small groups. Well, someone has to build a culture for small groups, right? If if they're going to thrive in the local church, and it's the same thing with ministry to men, is that it's it's sort of about the culture that you 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 develop, and oftentimes that needs to start at the top, and it and it sort of drips down. Um, but I think when I when I think about engaging men, I think one is. Are, are you be? Is it relevant? We know that the the vast majority of men that do not come to church today say it's the number one reason is it's irrelevant. So even the topics you're talking about on Sunday morning, the illustrations that you're using, um, are are they relevant to where men are at? The the small group offerings, the classes that you're offering, are they are we addressing the issues? Oftentimes in the church, we're we're answering questions that they're not asking. And we're not answering the questions that they're asking. And, and so for guys about how to live life on, on, on purpose and how do I, how do I combine, integrate my faith and my work? If they're going to spend six, 40, 50, 60 hours at work, we need to address it and talk about it so that there's, there's, there's relevancy there. Let's talk about parenting. Let's talk about marriage. 
Let's talk about the issues. I think a second thing is guys want to be involved in a cause bigger than themselves. So if you're the if you're the ministry leader, you're the small group leader, you're the pastor, let let them know here's where we're going. This is what we're about. Guys want to they truly do want to make a difference and they want to be a part of an organization, a small group, uh, a, a, a ministry that is going somewhere and wants to make a difference in society and in the world, in the community you know, where they want to where they where they live. Um, I would say another thing is is that we we need to we need to challenge guys. I think so often yeah. we've, we've lowered the bar. We're so afraid of losing guys. We're so afraid of guys not coming back that they literally just have to barely lift their foot to get in the church. And we don't challenge them. And, yeah. and what I've discovered over the years is, yeah, you can, you can over-challenge them and you can make it so undoable they're not going to come. But we need to constantly be growing their commitment over time. Um, start where with something that's short and, and, and doable, maybe a, a four- to six-week study. But then you can grow that over to, to 10 weeks and to, to, to 12 weeks. Um, grow their involvement in the area of service. Um, so I think they need to be they need to be challenged. Um, the other thing I would I would just say, if you want to engage guys, men today are are looking or are, are looking for for healing. Is that guys are beat up and maybe it might be an absentee dad wound, or maybe they had an alcoholic dad, or maybe um, they got really hurt through a divorce or the loss of a job. I mean, it can happen in different ways. Um, and, and, and at those points, men are very open to getting ministered to and for, for, for help and to, to discover some healing in their life. And so just as a church, be thinking about what does that look like with the men that are in our community? Um, I appreciate so you. When you just you, think about culture. You give a nice uh, full range of men. Not every guy is the same. There's great diversity no. in, in men. And so a church has to think about the men in their community that they're trying yeah. to minister to and address those needs and start somewhere, try something and build yeah. upon what you've tried and see what comes of it. Well, I want to ask you a question about some material you developed through the years. And um, this is, I think of it as your magnum opus. I don't know if you think of it that way, but, <laughs> but for the, for a number of years, you have been working on refining and perfecting as best as can be done with the curriculum that's very intentional, that's designed to, yeah. to build men up. And uh, it's gone through different ideations through the years and different names. I think, if I'm correct yeah. and up-to-date, it's called it's the No Regrets material. Am I right about that? Yeah, No Regrets Study Series. Um, so is, is, so let me ask you a question around that. Yeah. Is, uh, I, you know, I, I have been part of a lot of men's small groups. I have seen a lot of uh, men's small groups. I've visited men's small groups. You know, what... Is it enough just to have a guy, you know, and a cup of coffee in hand, circle up with some other men and, you know, be transparent with those men? Or or should that guy embark on some sort of intentional field of study like the material that you have developed? What's the pros of going through yeah. some sort of guided study? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Bill. And I, I would say, you know, if there's I'm not gonna say there's anything wrong with guys getting together and having coffee or having a breakfast together. And that's that's wonderful. I think that's a that's maybe a place to start to develop develop some relationship and friendship. Have, having and I and I encourage that, but I think what what you're asking is where I've sort of spent my time is that the the book that was um 
very, very instrumental in my own life. Matter of fact, when I first came to Christ as a senior in high school, the first book the guy gave me um, was The Master Plan of Evangelism by Robert Coleman. And I literally was a Christian about a week. And he said, here, you need to read this. And so I read it. He said, I'm going to give you a couple of weeks where you can get together and talk about it. And I read that book. And, and, and of course, Robert Coleman in there talks just about the, the, the method of Jesus was not to worry about the multitudes, but just a few men who the multitudes would follow. And, and he said, don't worry about numbers, just go with a small group. And so that really, whether I was working with high school kids, college kids, or now men for the last 30 years, that has been our my, my philosophy is, is not to worry about the multitudes, but just to find a small group of guys who you can go deep with, you can spend time with. And I've always believed that the closer you get to guys, uh, to men, the more, the more impact you will have in their life. And so um, I, I would say that it's it's getting that small group, but then it's saying, you know what, we don't drift naturally towards maturity yeah, as believers. We don't. we, we are might drift towards immaturity, actually. We and we'll we'll drift towards sin. That's our natural yeah. bent. We all do it very well, and we don't have to go to class or school to learn it. We we just naturally do it from the day we're born, right? Right. And um, but what I've discovered is that when I looked at the life of Jesus, Jesus had sort of certain markers, and He said, "If you are my disciple, you will love one another. If you are my disciples, you will know the truth. If you are my disciples, you will you will obey me." And and I began to see that it's like Jesus had these things that He was moving the men towards that that small band of brothers and 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 so what i have done is as I thought about helping men to mature, there, I said there had to be a pathway, that there had to be a spiritual pathway of seeing men come to Jesus, right? I mean, starting there, but then then rooting them, as Paul talks about in Colossians, helping them be rooted and to, to go deep and those roots to go out so they can become self-feeders. And so that's why I, when I developed the curriculum or the, the, the Bible studies, the experiences, there was an intentionality. And I said, okay, where do we want these men at the end? I said, okay, I want them, I want them to to be able to to to, to be a self feeder and to be able to study the word for themselves and not be dependent just on Sunday morning. I wanted them to to be able to share their faith, to share their story, to be able to share the gospel. I wanted them to to have a sense of why am I here? For for this I was created. All right. I wanted them to be able to integrate faith and work. And I wanted them to understand what does a healthy marriage look like? What does it mean to be a godly father? And so I took all these, I said, okay, if this is what we're shooting for, then let's let's design the Bible studies to help us to get there. And so then we knew that we that when, when we when we had movement through the process, that, that that something had happened. And and they weren't where they were two years ago or a year ago or six months ago, but that there had been progress. There had been maturity becoming more and more like Jesus. So that was sort of part of my thinking and sort of what we've put in play for the last 30 years of being very intentional about that. So we see growth, progress. We see men mobilized to serve. That was another biggie. I said, I want guys to get out of the pews and into the game. That I'm not going to settle for guys just coming on a Sunday morning. Well, again, you have to teach it. You have to talk about it. You have to give them opportunity. You have to give them role models. You have to, you know, uh, ask them to do that if it's going to happen. 
What is going on, Small Group Network family? Jason Banzoff here, and we are just about two weeks away from our biggest event of the year. And I can tell you something, this is going to be an event you are not going to want to miss. The Small Group Network is very excited to present the Fall Virtual Lobby on October 7th. Our biggest and most popular event of the year is now going to be a virtual event this fall. The theme for the conference is leadership and will feature main session speakers, Bill Donahue, Dave Alford, and more. We will also be hosting over 10 breakout sessions, all of which will be available on demand following the live event for all registered attendees. Come ready for world-class leadership development, amazing breakout sessions, plenty of discussions, and Q&A time, and a chance to make some great new friends. Check out our Facebook group or visit smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash virtual lobby. Again, that's smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash virtual lobby to register. Now back to Leadership Journey. Such a good point. I, I mean, we drift. I love how you say it. We drift towards immaturity. You know, we're not going to drift towards maturity. Right. It's got to be intentional. We got to put some effort into it. And so you get a good group of guys together. That is a that's a win. It's a win to get yeah. Christian men together talking about life. That that's that's not bad. But to take it to that next level is to really do something in your own spiritual life. And so few people are spiritual self-feeders most people are just kind of siphoning off the gravy of somebody else and and again i mean for some that's uh there's some value in that but for the own their own stability for their own maturity for their own ability to serve uh in god's kingdom yeah, yeah. that's an important part well let me let me ask you another question which is i know is there's there's always people who um uh, tune in. I know that we have people who, for instance, tune in to these podcasts who uh, believe in small groups, but might not even be in one. And mm-hmm. uh, and I imagine that there are some men who are listening to this right now, and they're they're pretty isolated. They don't have other men who know them, and that they know that they're investing. Uh, men of, of strong spiritual uh, substance to to encourage one another. You know where where would you su- suggest that guy to start? Let's assume he's convinced he probably should do this. He, very few people can make a case for spiritual isolation. So let's assume right. you know he's going okay. I, I should do this. This is I've, I've been thinking about this. So where should that guy start? Yeah. So I'm going to give I'm going to give you a couple scenarios. So let's, let's start with the the guy who's at a church, he's not doing anything, but maybe that church is offering maybe a pancake breakfast or they're doing a game dinner. Maybe they're doing a kickoff this fall. They're just doing something. I would say for the guy who's not involved in anything, just to attend that event, to, to, to go to it, maybe bring a buddy with them and just check it out. Because I think what happens is in those, the, the, the good thing about an event like that is you can get to know a wide variety of guys and just, you know, just interact a little bit with the guys at your table and, and just start to get to know some guys and say, hey, is there any sort of natural affiliation here? Any we're affinity where I'm just sort of connected. We both like, we like golfing or we both like um, uh, to go hunting or fishing or we just whatever it is that there's some natural affinity that's where i tell guys to start all the time you don't have to like force it and start with guys you don't like or you don't know at all but start somewhere where there's just a commonality and so maybe by going to that that event this fall that might be a place to start just to start to get to know sometime 
some guys. And and what I what I discovered is when guys came to those events, and we would put on events every year, but we did very strict intentionally. We always gave guys the option then to join a small group, to take the next step. And uh, and so my guess is if they're doing an event, hopefully they're actually providing an opportunity to get into a small group after it's over. So that might be the way to to, to get involved and to, and to get started. Go to the event and see if they're offering small groups for men that you could be a part of. And my guess is there'll be a shorter uh, a time frame like I said, four to six weeks. So it's safe. Just give it a shot. Kick the tires a little bit and see if you, you connect with the guys there and, and how you like it. So that's one scenario. Now, there's maybe some guys listening today who their their church is not doing anything with, with men's small groups and or men's events. There's, so there's nowhere for him to go. For that guy, I'd say, listen, just start with one other guy. And and just, you know, if there's someone at church that you know you've met before sitting near you, just, you know, it's going to take some courage, but just to, to step out and, and, and ask, say, hey, would you want to get together for coffee? Have, let's have breakfast together and um, and just start to get to know them and, and just see how that goes. And then maybe invite another guy and you just slowly over time, you could build that group to three to five guys who all of a sudden are starting to meet on a regular basis and say, hey, let's 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 read this book together, and let's 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 go through this book called "The Disciplines of a Godly Man," written written by Kent Hughes. It's a great great book. Uh, we've had thousands of guys in our church go through it, or the book called "The Man in the Mirror." It's a really simple book written by Pat Morley. It's a phenomenal book. the The chapters are really short, and it's easy read. It's a, it'd be a great place to start for guys who've never done anything before with a small group, but just getting a few guys together and saying, hey, let's let's meet and let's just start by going through this book together. So That's those a are good. a couple of different things that I would suggest for getting started. But Bill, I know you've been a part of this process for years. Anything else that you would uh, I, I, You know what? I, I was just thinking, man, those that's great advice right there. I mean, uh, in fact, uh, when I was newly minted as a pastor, I thought I should be, I should have some guys around me. So j- just like you said, I knew a guy, I felt like I had some things in common with that guy. And uh, our thing in common was that both of our dads had worked uh, in a GM factory at some point. We were blue collar kids. Sure. And so that was our common, though we weren't blue collar, you know, in, in our work, but but uh, so we, Josh and I had that in common. And so we started a men's group and Josh said, Hey, we should invite Doug. And Doug was a business owner, a uh, really cool guy, way cooler than we were. And I even told Josh, I'm like, Doug is not going to join our group. <laughs> and so I talked myself out of it. And Josh kept calling me like, you need to call Doug and invite him to the group. And so I finally called Doug and I was so thankful. I got Doug's voicemail. So I leave him this voicemail saying, hey, Josh and I have just started this uh, group. We're just going to, you know, meet early in the morning and read the Bible and talk and pray. And, you know, I totally understand you're very busy with your work. So I, I completely understand that if you don't have time or you got other things going on, maybe you're already in a group. I kid you not. It was a long and rambling. I felt like, uh, you know, when you're like a 16 year old boy asking the girl out, you know, right. it kind of yeah. felt like that. And, uh, and so anyhow, it was like not even 15 minutes later, Doug calls me and goes, I've been praying for an opportunity. I'd love to join that group. And that began a journey. The three of us, uh, I moved away from my home state of Michigan and left them there. But whenever I'm back in West Michigan, we get together Mm -hmm. 
And uh, my kids who've gone to college in West Michigan, when we're traveling and staying back up there, Doug insists that we stay with him instead of staying in a hotel. So we stay with Doug's family. We've taken vacations with them. I mean, it, it, there's a, yeah. a very, very tight bond. And sometimes I think, man, if I wouldn't have called Doug. So now not everybody has a story like we're a, a very tight knit community uh, yeah. forms. I mean, we kind of joke with each other that we could send each other to jail with the confession of sins that we have, you know, we could cause real problems for each yeah. other, but it's, it was a very, very warm, uh, and experience, but it all started with a little bit of courage. It all started yeah. with, Hey, that guy, maybe we have something in common and worst case scenario, you know, you just meet somebody and have a couple yeah. of breakfasts or something. And that's that. So, yeah, that, that, that is so good. But Bill, I, I just think that is the story I've heard over and over and over again. And like you said, you're not going to become best friends, soulmates with everyone. But there may be that connection with that one or two guys where you become lifelong friends. And, and, and the reason I'm doing what I'm doing today is because I've just seen the power of when guys get connected to one another in a small group. I believe guys, it's the optimal place for their spiritual growth. It's the place they're going to become all that God wants them to be. And so I just encourage your guys, the men listening, that if you're not connected that way, just give it a shot. It takes some courage, but step out, take that risk. I can tell you, it will be worth it. Your life will never be the same as a result. All right. Let me ask you, uh, as we wrap up our time together, Yeah, you have an amazing amount of resources. Hmm. You have uh, uh, a a incredible men's conference event that not only is live in the the greater Milwaukee area, but also is live stream. You Hmm. have resources, you have books, curriculum. Tell us just a little bit about, you know, if someone, you know, how someone connects with you and the, and the various ways that you come alongside churches and ministries to help them. Yeah. Yeah, that I appreciate that, Bill. Let me I'll just mention a couple things. Uh, the No Regrets Men's Conference is the first uh, Saturday in February every year, and this is our 29th year. And um, you can just go to our website, menwithnoregrets.org, uh, and you can see on there. It's a great thing. You can do it as a small group. Uh, if you just want to have some guys over, you can do it. As, you can be a church, uh, be a host site, and you can do it that way. Um and, and so we stream it out, and you can take it in. It's a great way to just for your small group to get a little energy, to get a little mid-year inspiration. Um, and so that is one resource that's out there. And, yeah, we had over 110 churches this last year, 50 different countries, uh, hundreds of small groups. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great, great half-day event for your small groups. That's, that's one thing I'll mention. Second thing is uh, we are – just launched this last week uh, a new discipleship tool called Basecamp, and Basecamp is 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 digital. It's it's geared towards younger men, and it can all be done on their phone, iPad, computer. Little six week studies that's video driven. Uh, for a men's small group, and uh, and so there's there's a video that they watch. There's usually a short little passage of scripture they look at, and some discussion questions. It's it's real easy. Um, anyone can do it. And so again, a men with no regrets website and base camp material is on there. And then the final thing I'll mention is that um, I lead 
um, men's or how to build a life changing ministry to men cohorts. And I take 12 to 15 leaders and we walk you through the process of developing a ministry to men in the local church. And so if there's any guys out there saying, you know what, we don't have anything or we've just sort of plateaued, just go on our website. You can learn more about it, but I'd love to just walk with you or, and have our team walk with you to help you develop a ministry to men in your local church. And we that's what we do. That's where I spend my time. Nothing more thrilling to see the local church get excited about reaching men for Jesus and then releasing them for kingdom impact. So the websites, there's two different ones, right? Yeah. There's, there's So there's the No Regrets Conference. And, so uh, is that noregretsconference.com? That's is that it. Right? All right. Yep. And then the other website is men with no regrets. Okay. And that's dot also dot com. Men with yep. no regrets dot com. Yep. So and, and it, you, they're easily found if someone Googles. If yep. you if you didn't write that down, you can Google no regrets ministry or no regrets conference and, and it, I think it's the first thing yep. that pulls up. Right I, I was just on it today and okay. I saw you have the lineup for twenty twenty two. It looks like an awesome lineup. Derwin Gray, love that guy. Ephraim Smith and uh, from Bayside, South Sacramento, I think. Yeah, uh, incredible guy. So you got I mean, those are just a couple of the, of the, and of course you are on. Yeah, I'll be on it. Larry Osborne's coming in, and uh, yeah, it's just a. It's going to be a great group again. So well, we're it's so, great. It's uh, great resource, and uh, what we try to do here on our small group network podcast is uh, not only have good conversations to help you in your ministry, but also what we try to do on this is also uh, point you to good resources that can be very helpful to you. Well, last thing, Steve, um, uh, it's to me, one of the more fascinating features of your life. You are also a major league baseball chaplain. Tell us who you're a chaplain for and what are their odds of going to the world series this year? <laughs> well, I, I'm the chaplain uh, for, I have been for the last nine years with the, uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers and uh, just a, it's a real joy. Uh, to work with these young men, and to be honest, they're they're well, they're the same age as our kids. Actually, they're most of them are younger than my my kids now. And uh, you know what? It's for me. It's been uh, just a great way to just keep my hands in ministry, um, just leading Bible studies, sharing my faith, and just walking with these guys to help them to understand their their faith and spirituality and and, and growth. And so it's really just like any other ministry to men. Um, it's the, the same nuts and bolts. It's the same. And uh, they're having a really good year. I'm so excited. It's a great group of guys. And uh, yes, I, I, I hope we are playing uh, end of October and early November. I love it. Well, I told my son as he was hitting his teen years, you know, we've lived all over the, uh, all over the United States. And I said, son, you need to pick a baseball team, but it's gotta be a blue collar baseball team. I want to mm-hmm. base, you, you got to cheer for someone who represents the working working person? So I gave him options. Was, <laughs> I gave him Brewers, and of course my team, Detroit Tigers. But I said, under no circumstances can you cheer for the Dodgers or the Yankees. That is not right. going to happen. Yeah. So, well, Steve, it's been a delight talking to you, and I, I really appreciate not only the personal ministry that you provided to my family, but also the ministry. Yeah to men and to the church as a whole all around the United States and all around the world. So thanks for your, uh, your opportunity, or I should say for serving with us today on this podcast. Thanks so much. Well, thanks, Bill. I really appreciate it. It has been so good being with you and uh, just a joy to minister with you, even though we're, we're separated by a few miles. So thank you for having me. 
All right. Well, until next time, uh, thank you for joining us on the leadership journey. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website, smallgroupnetwork.com, to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.